Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and this is our weekly trip around the division. Let's start with the Bears. This week, I saw a Bears fan saying that Lions fans were delusional thinking Amon Ross A. Brown was better than Darnell Mooney. That same Bears fan also had tweets talking about how Tyson Bajan was quickly becoming the next Brock Purdy. That's the current state of Bears fandom. You guys like the copium? Heck of a drug. Because <laughs> I don't remember when Brock Purdy began his career with a four-game stretch in which he threw twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. Because that didn't happen they couldn't really be any more different like the current Chicago QB is getting a lot of hype because he's the quarterback in a big market and folks are saying the Bears should move on from fields prior to this week's game now that has flipped and they're all very happy he's coming back and predicting a five touchdown performance next week which in the two games before he got hurt fields threw eight touchdown passes and one interception uh, the Bears scored 28 and 40 points, which is night and day different from how they've been the last couple weeks. Uh, throwing away the Minnesota game because they both played and obviously neither of them had a full game. Badgen led the offense to a significantly reduced points per game, let's say. Uh, this week against the Saints, he threw 30 passes and had two touchdowns and three picks, as well as a fumble. And you can't win that way. Uh, He has five picks in the last two weeks. It's not getting better. There are reasons he didn't get drafted, and any talk otherwise is just pure copium coming out of a huge media market, trying to not have their hits completely sink because this team is terrible and there's no reason to continue watching these games. Uh, The Bears season was over after week three. And it has continued to be over. They just weren't ever going to go winless. Like their roster is not that bad. Uh, they did manage to keep the Saints game tight. The Bears had more total yards, nearly doubled the Saints' rushing yards. They managed a full yard more per play almost than the Saints did. Uh, they forced twice as many punts as the Saints, but the turnover battle was five to nothing in favor of uh, New Orleans. The Bears couldn't get out of their own way, Uh, even just in terms of things like penalties. uh, The Bears were penalized eight times and the Saints only once, and that wasn't really because of bad refereeing. The Bears were just sloppy and terrible. Like, it's a little sketchy, but it passed the eye test for the most part from someone who, like, I have no rooting interest in that game at all. Only reason I'm watching it is because I have to talk about it right now. One team just kind of 
gave everything they had to try to overcome adversity. And when you're playing on that edge, sometimes you make mistakes that result in penalties. And the other was a little bit more relaxed and were just kind of playing within themselves. And that's the team that won the game. The Bears do have some nice pieces going forward, uh, but it's it's not going to save this year. Uh, might not save any of these people's jobs in the building. And so they might not be back. <laughs> you never know. But uh, like Cole Kmet, Darnell Mooney, DJ Moore, would be enough for a grown-up offense with a half-decent quarterback to be successful. Uh, whenever the Bears realize that their starting linebackers should be Jack Sanborn and TJ Edwards and find some way to mitigate the Tremaine Edmonds damage to the team, uh, that defense might actually be okay. Like, they do have some decent players. They Like, they need to swap a bunch of pieces out. They probably need to be running a different defensive scheme with different people in charge. But they've actually been playing reasonably well, and Josh Sweat didn't do anything this week, really. I think he had one tackle, but like he joined the team on Wednesday. What do you want? Like on that Edmonds deal, uh, I'll give him credit. They they do save 200k in cap space if they cut him next year. Uh which is kind of rare on a, a a massive mega deal that year two is when you can get out without losing cap space. Uh, but they would be eating 15 million or so in guaranteed salary. So they're very likely not going to do that. And on the third day of next year, they are locked in for another 8.5 million guaranteed in 2025. It's a new regime. They might pull the plug on Edwards or Edmonds, sorry, after uh, just one season to avoid that eight and a half million in the second season of their new stuff. Uh, Sanborn led the team in tackles and mostly in a good way, not in a complete victim in coverage, making tackles the Tahir Whitehead way. Uh, <laughs> just to put it into a Lions perspective. The Bears are probably also going to move on from Eddie Jackson at the end of this season. Uh, since he signed that four-year, $58 million contract extension in 2020, he has four interceptions and 15 passes defended over three and a half seasons. He's been injured this year. He's 30. He looked terrible this week coming back, but he's coming back from injury. He may not be all the way back, but he looked bad. Uh, all in, the Bears still suck. They're 2-7 and seven at the bottom of the division. And the Packers beat the Rams. Uh, without Matthew Stafford, the Rams look a lot like all those Lions teams looked without Matthew Stafford. They've got nothing. The Bears climbed to 3-5. and five, Or sorry, the Packers climbed to 3-5. and five, And we should all be happy about that in this case, because for a bit there, I was kind of concerned that the Packers might be bad enough to get him to the Williams-May quarterback sweepstakes in the draft. If they can get to five or six wins on the year... And if Jordan Love can keep giving them a few false hope games like this one now and then, we might get to watch this regime set themselves on fire for another year. Love did go 20 for 26, 20 of 26, with a touchdown to my guy Luke Musgrave. Uh, Got to love Packers fans. <laughs> Score 20 points. Everything's fine. They're back, baby. Uh, Aaron Jones got back. And... Fed him the ball. They fed him the ball 20 times for 73 yards. That's 3.6 per carry. That's not good. The Packers may have finally internally realized that love ain't it because they were 
pulling out everything to make his job easier. Uh, he can't hit a receiver in stride more than 15 yards downfield. He, he just he is not capable. He's basically only avoiding interceptions against teams that don't have their quarters turning to play the ball for some reason. Like, he hit a couple corners in the back again in this game, and nobody made the play. He makes everything downfield look so much harder than it needs to. Like, wide-open guy running down the sideline should be a touchdown. With Love, it's as likely to hit the defensive back in the back of the head as it is to hit his receiver in the hands. Like, even that, you guys have probably seen the highlights if, if you watch them at all. Uh, terrible call on a fumble down the sideline where the, the receiver's hip is on the ground. Like, he's down. Whatever happens after that, it's either not a catch because he doesn't complete the process... Or it is a catch and he's down for a first down. But they called it a fumble. But that doesn't happen if Jordan Love just hits the receiver in the hand so he's not flailing around wildly with the ball in one hand. The Packers offense was still terrible. Uh, they won this game because the Rams offense was even worse. The issue with Matt Stafford supposedly not liking having a competent backup on the team has apparently carried over to the Rams because if you'll remember... When Goff was their quarterback, they always had a guy who could do some stuff. Like, not the same stuff, and not nearly as well, but he could do some things that Sean McVay wanted to do. Brett Rippon is just terrible. Like, some of the grossest, most ineffective quarterback play I've ever seen is what I would say came from the Rams, and that is why the Packers won this game. Um... I will say, though, that the touchdown to Musgrave was a really cool play design. Uh, the Packers motioned Aaron Jones from the right side to the left side behind the quarterback. And at the snap, he got the ball, faked to throw to him. Then they had A.J. Dillon going the other way in a swing pass. Love spun, he immediately faked a pass that way. And after all, both of those fakes, the middle linebacker was just, like, paused. Basically, <laughs> he wasn't going anywhere. Musgrave had come out and was acting as though he was just whiffing on a block, like just not blocking well. The guy just kind of ran around him and Musgrave was wide open down the middle of the field. He just cut the ball straight towards the end zone and scored. I highly recommend checking out the highlights of this just for those two plays that I just described, because like it's just what is happening? <laughs> But it was a nice job by Matt LaFleur. The Packers are 3-5, and five, third in the division, and hopefully doing just enough to keep this regime in charge for one more year. The Vikings had the most interesting week this week. They beat Atlanta despite the fact that Josh Dobbs was forced into action at quarterback with no practice with this team. And all of the reports of how this game went speak volumes about how well their head coach has his team prepared. I don't like this. I don't like what I'm hearing. When the receivers on a team can explain the play on the fly to their quarterback well enough that with no practice time, you can still have a functional NFL offense. They've been coached really well. Like, yeah, you got O'Connell in the headset. You got receivers saying, okay, I usually break this pattern at this distance. It just, it was, it was really nice. Like O'Connell kept the game nice and simple. 
He used a lot of plays that you would see like high-end high school teams use. Like, and I, I don't mean that as a shot. I mean, that is, that's what you have to do in this situation where you are basically relying on the quarterback's understanding of football in general to make it possible for him to do his job. Like they just ran all of the concepts you would hear about on the athletic football show <laughs> where it's just all teams do these plays. That was their entire offense was the all teams do these plays offense. Uh, and the Vikings receivers to their credit got open. Uh, they did a great job. They knew they needed to pick up their game and they did. And evidence of that is that TJ Hawkinson actually broke a tackle in this game. Uh, they fumbled snaps and they were a mess in terms of the organizational aspects of running an offense, but Dobbs showed up and he got the job done. Now uh, he was making reads. Sometimes he got to his third read on a play because again, it's just one of those plays that every single team he's ever played for has used. So he knows vaguely where a guy's going to be. And he just showed no fear in terms of where he thought guys might be. Like, he, he threw with anticipation. Like, this was a better quarterbacking game than I've ever seen Justin Fields play. It's insane. And he also added value with his legs that nobody would ever have been able to prep for when looking at Vikings tape. <laughs> um, Off-schedule Sandlot stuff was suddenly on the menu, and you can't prep for that because the, that has not been what the Vikings have done ever in the Kirk Cousins era. Not for one second, not for one play. And the team didn't carry him to a win. Like, that's what you might think in something like this. But, like, Alexander Madison had 16 carries at 2.8 yards a carry. Nope. Cam Akers, who went down with another Achilles injury, unfortunately, uh, was at 3.1 yards per carry when he went down. Like, he, he wasn't carrying the offense either. And TJ Hawkinson was the team's leading receiver with seven catches for 69 yards. Like, that's under 10 yards a catch. Dobbs threw for 158 yards. And ran for 66 more. He completed 67% of his passes. And it was only at 5.2 yards per attempt. So, I mean, it's easy to look at the highlights and go like, wow, that was electric. But no, it was a lot of checkdowns and short passing. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a high-end offensive performance out of context. But the immediate chemistry that Dobbs had with the entire set of receivers was incredible like you just you do not expect to see that in a situation like this it doesn't make a lot of sense we'll see what this looks like next week when the coaches have an opportunity to get in the way complicate things and make everything harder than it apparently has to be and their defense did allow 28 points if this team's going to continue winning they probably have to stop doing that the vikings are second in the division with a five and four record after a performance performance after a performance you can't really help but like like i hate the vikings but this was awesome to watch just from a, a pure football fan perspective seeing something like this where the guy comes in and there's no way he should do well and he just absolutely crushes it particularly a journeyman like dobbs you just love to see things like this so the lions are atop the division at six and two the Vikings are second at five and four. The Packers climb to three and five. And the Bears are still at the bottom with a two and seven record. This has been your trip around the division. Have a great day.
Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. You've had enough of that shit.